It's time to accelerate. Hi, this is Andy. Welcome to another edition of Frontline Friday with my regular and very special guest, Bridget Gleason. Now, before we get to the show, Bridget and I have a favor to ask of you. Really appreciate it. If you took time right now to leave a review for this show on iTunes, and while you're there, click the button, subscribe to Accelerate, make sure you get Frontline Friday automatically each week. Also, we need to hear from you. More specifically, we need your sales questions. I mean, what can we answer for you? What challenges do you have that we can help you with? So go to accelerate.fm forward slash frontline and enter your question there. Each month, we're going to select one listener's question to be the question of the month. And the winner will receive a $50 Amazon gift card. So remember, go to accelerate.fm forward slash frontline to give us your question and maybe win 50 bucks. So Bridget, how are you today? Andy. You know how I am. I'm excellent. You're fantastic. It's Friday. I'm fantastic. It excellent. Is it's a Friday. Well, it's a very great Friday. Very foggy Friday here in San Diego, at least this morning. So apparently when you some sort of weather system creating it's gonna be hot later today, but in the meantime it's pulling the cold air off the ocean and creating fog. So I can barely see my hand in front of my face at the moment. But uh, if we listen carefully in the background, you might be able to hear the, the foghorn out on the bay that trying to keep the big ships running into each other. Yeah, you don't want that. But probably nice if it's going to get hot later. Yeah. To have a bit of cool it this is. morning. It is. It did this yesterday morning. I, I woke up and it was it was uh, sunny, or seeming the sun was starting to break out. It was like 5.30 in the morning. And I thought, okay, I'll go for a bike ride. And because it looked beautiful out there. And so I get dressed in my bike clothes, you know, pump tires on my bike, get ready to walk the front door. Literally within five minutes, it's completely fogged in. Uh. <laughs> like, hmm. I still went, though. Anyway, I have a big light on the front of my bike, so I was good. So, okay. And we're probably not going to talk about biking today, as much as people may want to hear it. As people, as much as people want to hear it. Well, actually, yeah. We could have an episode on it. If somebody... Because a lot of bicyclists that that I interview, a lot of people I interview for the show are bicyclists. I mean, it's it is a growing sport because especially as uh, yeah, good combination. It doesn't hurt the the knees as much as running and so on. And and uh, yeah, it's a good good way to cross train. All right, we'll save that for a future episode. Right. Future biking, biking and sales. sales. Yes, that's it. What you could, what one can learn from the other? Exactly. Well, we'll have oh. to think on that one. We'll have to think on that All one. Right. But I'm sure that there's some good parallels. I'm sure there are. I'm sure people are waiting with bated breath for that one. So, <laughs> so today, along a similar path, though, is we were going to talk, and we are going to talk, about character traits for success in sales. I've been reading more writing about this, you know, people writing about mindset and, and so on. But I think there are just some basic personality traits that, that are really important if you want to have a career in sales. I mean, it's not a lot of people come in and succeed for a short period of time. But yeah, if you want to be in it for the long run, there I think there are just some things that are inherent to the successful sales mindset and person, a salesperson. And for me, the number one is always curiosity. Yeah. I don't know if, yeah, I think that's definitely a good one. I don't know if I would, I don't know how I would rank, order them if I had to put them in order. I would definitely say curiosity. Um resilience is important. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many sort well, of ups and downs 
let's take them one at a time. So for me, curiosity, yeah, the yeah. reason it's okay. important is, is, and I want, I'm pushing back on some of what I'm hearing these days, which I just don't think is true, is, is and there, maybe some of it's a generational gap, but I, I was been interviewing people on the show recently that have been writing books about sales and and you know their visions or what's happening in the future and and they're sort of decrying this lack of what they perceive as the lack of curiosity on the the part of you know let's say the younger generations in sales and comparing and contrasting with themselves I guess and I just don't see that right I mean it doesn't I don't see it as sort of a you know broadly but I do see it in sales that that you know, there's a danger, I think, and this person I'm speaking to sort of brought out the same point, which which was that we get people sort of two, three, four years in their career, they start experiencing some success, and they start getting a little complacent in terms of, you know, they know they know everything. I know how to do this. And to me that is sort of an important inflection point that that the people are maintain their curiosity, they don't get sort of self satisfied because they understand yeah, sales to me is like uh, I don't. Know, I'd use the analogy sometimes like golf, right? People say you can never, you can never perfect your playing of the game golf. You can only hope to you know improve, keep improving. And sales is the same way. I don't think you can ever be perfect, but in a desire to continue to learn about products you sell, the customers you serve, the how customers people make decisions, how you can do a better job of engaging, interacting with people. There's lots of things to continue to learn, not just through experience, but through reading and listening to podcasts and and so on. And I, in my experience, the people that continue to sort of maintain that freshness of curiosity are the ones that a have a long career, b have a long successful career. Yeah, I I agree. It's one of the things I think that I've always enjoyed about sales is you just there's an opportunity and a requirement to keep learning. You have to. You you have to learn about the products and the market and your customers and what's new and the competition and things keep changing. And it's what I love about it. It's so dynamic. And so I think to your point, Andy, if, if you're not naturally curious, it's probably not a good it's probably not a good career for you because I think you'll get you'll get stalled. You're, you're not going to go. You're, it's going to be harder to progress. Um, well, you from get, one, you get bored too. That's the thing that I think that's that that a lot of times people don't think about is is that a lot of times people get bored in the job. It's because they stop learning because they in their mind everything is the same. And I remember a point in my career. I sort of I had sort of a, an epiphany about this because. I remember I'd been in you know one industry for about 10 15 years and um I remember getting a call from a customer at one point sort of a number of years into it where it just struck me at the moment at the call I got from the customer is exactly the same call I'd received like 7 years before that and about a specific problem they're having a complaint they had and I thought wow I mean what am I missing here that this all just seems the same to me because in the end it turned out not to be the same. But you know, if you just aren't continually sort of reevaluating what's going on and acknowledging the fact that things are changing, yeah, I think you get bored if you're not curious. God, I used to tell my sons when they were little, and they'd be like, "Mommy, I'm bored. I'm bored." 
And I said, you know what? Board is your problem. Nobody can solve the boredom is an internal mental problem that only you can solve. Mm-hmm. Like you've got to be the one that's looking for ways to learn and expand and extend. And I think that is like you, like the situation you gave it first, you thought, Oh, it's the same. And then mm-hmm. you realized actually it's not the same. And I think it is really a critical I, I think it's a very, very critical skill for sales that you do have that mindset and it's something you enjoy. And maybe everybody doesn't, Andy. Maybe everybody doesn't. Maybe everybody, you know, people, we're not all the same. So if you're not naturally curious, if you're not always trying to uh, sort of learn more and see what more you can understand from a situation, if you, I don't even know if I would say it's, complacent, but you just where, how you get satisfaction out of mm-hmm. a job is different. Um, sales probably isn't a, a good long-term career, but I think if you're naturally curious, it's fantastic. Well, I think there's a corollary to that, which is that I was having this debate with someone just I don't know, last week, I believe it was, is that you know, are the top performers in sales money vote money motivated or motivated by the challenge? Which to me is sort of aligned with you know the whole thing about being curious, right? My experience has been with me personally, with people I know, such as yourself and you know, hundreds of others that have been successful, is that almost all of them, I'm not say all, but almost all of them have been motivated more by the challenge, knowing that if they can meet the challenge, if they can learn something, that, yeah, hey, the money's going to follow. Uh, one of my pet peeves, Andy, is this notion, this concept of salespeople being coin-operated. Mm. To me, that's such a derogatory term and so simplistic. Like, I, I have such a visceral reaction to that. And it's because, like you said, I'm... I'm challenge oriented. And so I love the challenge. I love ha- having something in front of me that you know either people say I can't do or it's going to be hard or I'm even if it's just a challenge for myself, it's hard to do. There's a lot of satisfaction in that. I think a lot of people get satisfaction in that. So I I I think money's a factor. Uh, but I, but I think for most, it's money as it relates to. They've made that a game. They've made they've made making money a game. They've mm. made making money the challenge that they're trying to achieve. Um, yeah, I, but I, I just I, think coin operated. I I don't buy it. Yeah, and I, you think about managers to still hire people based on the fact they think, well, they're money motivated, and it's like. Yeah, that really strikes back to the old days, right? And you and I've spoken about this before. Is where hiring managers for new salespeople used to put a huge pressure on them to go buy a new car, right? Because they wanted uh, to make sure I they remember. had payments. They wanted to make sure they had payments, so they had to go make money to make their car payments. <laughs> and it was endlessly frustrating to my my first boss that I was driving this old beater <laughs> that he just hated seeing it in the parking lot for two reasons. One, it yeah, you know, because he didn't want me driving it to customers' offices, and, and two is even though the beater it was old, it was the car was thirteen years old, but it was in mint condition. But nonetheless, it it, it, it was a beater. Old. Yeah, and yeah, it 
A, didn't only drive it to customers because he always thought, you know, hey, if a customer sees you drive up in that, they're going to think you're you're not serious. And and B, he wanted me to be on the hook for payments, you know, car payments. So, God, that's such I, – I remember, too, it was my first – one of my early sales jobs, and I was in a one-on-one with my manager, and he was – we were up in a high um, – high office floor and he pauses and he looks down and he saw a rep that we had just hired drive up in a brand new BMW. And he said, ah, that's a great sign. Rob just bought a brand new BMW. I mean, that, that concept. (laughs) And it's so funny last week, Andy, I interviewed somebody, um, who is a sales engineer, very, very talented. And he's been doing it for a number of years, has been very successful, and he wants to move into sales. And he was saying, you know, he, he's now on an 80-20 comp split. So he has a very high base and mm-hmm. much less of mm-hmm. his variable is, um, much less of his comp is variable. And I said, well, moving into sales, you, your OTE and the potential is going to be bigger, but that initial, like the base is going to be smaller. And yeah, we do ramped quotas, but you may not make that full comp the first quarter. And, mm-hmm. and he said, oh, you know, I've, I've got this lifestyle and I've, I don't know that I can do that. And it's interesting um, just how things have changed and how I said to him, God, you know what? I would plan for when you're going to make the move to sales because you don't want that. You don't want to be on the edge. You don't want that additional stress of, I got to make the money. There's enough stress in sales. Mm -hmm. And so for me, my, my underlying sort of belief is that the challenge is what's driving people. I think if people are stressed also by the money, Maybe some people that'll help, but I just don't think that additional stress um, is necessary or necessarily productive. Yeah. yeah, I agree. You know, and the the coda to the story is just just to piss my boss off. I, I sold that car to another guy in the office. Huh? <laughs> he, he didn't speak to me for about a week. It was funny. That is great. Yeah, yeah. Just to give him a hard just time. Just to get him. You got to tweak the bosses. I mean, that's just part of the part of the thing of coming up in sales is you know. You gotta, you gotta have your moments there. Yeah, I'm sure my reps are thinking about that now. How can we Probably. tweak her How later? How can we tweak her later? Yep. Absolutely. Now or now or now. You know, Let's if do. they're if they're worth their salt, they are, right? I mean, it's it's. Uh, yes, we've, we've touched I'm, this before. Before you know, just blind compliance with managers is just. I've never seen a great top performer that that uh, you know just fell in line and. You know, stood up and saluted everything their manager said. Well, and actually, I don't want that. No, I, I don't want I know that. You don't. Yeah, yeah. I I need. I I want the the pushback. I want the conversation. It's how I learn. Also, mm-hmm. absolutely. It's how I learn. I I need to get that input. I need to get that feedback. Yeah, I mean that's that's a, such a great point. Is is because often there are managers. I think once they're in management, they have sort of this you know, papal infallibility complex and that, you know, they can't possibly be wrong or doubted. And it's like, no, gosh, you're constantly learning. I mean, it's, you're a, some product, some of your experiences, right? So Andy. Yes. 
your Catholic is showing. I'm not. I, the, I'm, very, I'm very waspy. Okay, well, the papal <laughs> infallibility. Uh, uh, maybe it's your knowledge of Catholicism. I don't yes. know if, if the general public knows, other than those of us who are uh, either Catholics, recovering Catholics, former Catholics, uh, or, current, or current Catholic Catholics, yes. critics, or current, yes. um, of the infallibility of the Pope, just on, on matters of doctrine. On matters of doctrine, right. On matters so, of doctrine, not right. on everything. Not on everything, I'm sure. I just thought I should clarify that in okay. case anyone's listening, but I, I appreciated the reference. <laughs> okay. I didn't even know you are Catholic. There you go. So, well, uh, you had brought up resilience earlier. Let's talk about resilience, because I think that is, that is a key thing, because there's no straight line to success, contentment, happiness, fulfillment, whatever. There's no straight line. Gosh, I sales sales is going to be up and down. You're going to win some, you're going to lose some. You're going to have months when you do well and months when maybe you don't. And if you don't have the mental sort of stamina and and just be able to kind of keep yourself through that, uh, you're going to have a hard time. You also have to keep stay humble when mm-hmm. you know don't mm-hmm. let your head swell. So I think you have to have also resilience to be able to come down to earth when you feel like, you know, you've got it mastered. But I think it is it is tough for people when they're struggling. And, and I see this on a team now as I'm building a team here in Boston for Logs.io, and I've got a bunch of new reps, and they've all been successful at their previous companies, and they're amazing. I have all the confidence in the world in them. They're, they're fantastic. And some of them, it's taking a little bit longer to, to get ramped than mm-hmm. others. And that's hard. It's just hard. And you just have to emotionally be able to keep yourself going and know that you are doing the right things. And it's that sense, again, of resiliency that's I think is really important. Be really easy to quit and say, I don't need this. Let me go do something easier. Let me go do something um, that's not going to challenge me as much. Let me go do something to take an easier path. Very tempting. I feel that sometimes. Jeez, <laughs> VP of sales. You and I have talked about it, Andy. Yeah, yeah. God, every couple of months I think, why am I doing this? I don't need it. So, Yeah, usually um, that thought occurs to me when I'm in a crowded airplane that's – Two hours late for its destination. It's circling over someplace, and it's like, you know, kids screaming behind me. (laughs) It's just like, yeah, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? Yeah. Yeah, there are those times. So I I think resilience. Yeah, well, I think your your point about humility as being, you know, a partner to resilience is, is really a good one because, yeah, I mean, there are brash people you see meet all the time. I know. A lot of people have been successful in sales and business that outwardly are brash, but I know them. I know they've got a, a humble side. They've been humbled by business on themselves. You know, so sort of a personality thing is, you know, at some level you have to you have to have that humility because yeah, there's always points in your life when the job wins. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And you gotta, you know, be able to go through that. And that you know, called to mind that one of my favorite quotes, which we've talked about once before on the show. I know that from a actually an American philosopher and theologian named Paul Tillich, who said that, and I've 
I had this on my refrigerator at home for years and years and years when I was earlier in my career, which said the awareness of the ambiguity of one's highest achievements as well as one's deepest failures is a definite symptom of maturity. And That's it's, right. It's just great guiding words for anybody that, you know, your greatest successes and your greatest failures, as he said, there's an ambiguity about them. And as long as you understand that, then it'll sort of keep you on a, a level field, a level plane. Yeah, it, it's super, super important. And I guess different people are more likely to uh, attribute success to themselves and failure to someone else. Mm. Oh, yeah, um, that's, what's that? <laughs> success is, what, failure is an orphan, but success has a thousand fathers, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And there are, there's a smaller number of people, though, that um, have a hard time internalizing success, but anytime something goes wrong, they, they accept all the pieces. You know, they, they feel uh, all the burden of that, and that's not right either, you well, know? I think, right. I think that's an interesting point, and it's, it's one that, to me, leads to a slight digression, is that what too many managers don't do is they don't make people understand that selling is really a team sport. Completely. And, you know, I'm thinking a lot about this in the context of you know, the Golden State Warriors, are yours and my favorite team. Yay! Having just won their second championship. I know, so exciting. But as you read the articles about the team and, you know, about their, this year, integrating Kevin Durant into this team of already that had, you know, three superstars on it. And, and you read about Stephen Kerr and his his philosophy about building a team, and he builds that culture on. And everybody talks about all the players say, you know, it's it's easy to to be on this team because it's all about the other person, right? We're all about our teammates. Where it's not about the glory for ourselves individually, but for the team, and how self sacrificing they are, and so on. And and read several articles about about the coach Kerr that. You know, he has four points that he builds his team on. And oh. yeah, you know, it's compassion, mindfulness, oh, yeah. Yeah. competition, and joy. And the one thing that everybody remarks upon is that you know, in this incredible pressure-filled environment that where all the expectations were on the Warriors to win the whole thing since the beginning of the year, is that the one thing that's most noticeable to outsiders that come and observe the team is how much fun they're having. How much fun, how they enjoy each other, how they you know, have empathy for each other and the situations of the individual, how they're aware of the moment that they're in. So, and it's all, you know, it all flows from the coach, right? Because there are many teams with, you know, lots of talented players that don't, in all sports, that don't achieve this, this moment. And so you think about that is, is how many managers really focus on building a team culture, you know, talk about mindfulness, talk about empathy and compassion for not the customers, which talk about empathy for the customers, but for their their coworkers. And what that means in terms of their ability to succeed. And understanding that, yeah, I got the sale, but I only got the sale because everybody pulled together to make it happen. I aspire to that, Andy. Of all the things that I care about, it's my team and building a team. I aspire to that. 
I'm in fact I'm going to talk about that at our team meeting on Monday. Thank you for that. I but, really uh, appreciate you giving me material for that. But <laughs> I also I'm here for. I'm but, but, but the keyword is I'm team, not and a. I, I'm sorry. I was just going to say a team, not a collection of individuals. Well, that's a lot of times right. people think a, a team is a collection of individuals. No, it's a team that works together to achieve an end. Well, and it's um, I. It's one of the things that I was going to say as a for sales for me. That's a requirement is that team orientation mm-hmm. because what's I think an individual success is largely related to the success of the team. And so if you have a team orientation, we can do more. Right. And I would say, I feel so proud of my team at logs. I feel so proud of them because they are these things that you mentioned that, that Steve Kerr talked about the, the, Compassion, the joy, the fun, um, the mindfulness. We're we're definitely trying to build that here in this Boston office, and we really care about each other. And we say every week, we win as a team, we lose as a team. And I I see them demonstrate that to one another every single day. How they're helpful, how they're selfless, how they want everybody to win. They want to win too, but just what, what I what I experience and how I see them work together, I feel so privileged to be included. I feel so privileged to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's, it's what, what's make it's what makes it worthwhile. Yeah. Well, I think absolutely right. As as a manager, that's that's so critical, and yet so often we're now we're seeing in in management that. And I was talking to someone about this yesterday as a potential um, client, actually, a sort of a discovery call I was doing with a client, and, and talking about a large number of, of sales managers and uh, regional sales managers. And one of the problem was that they're all desk jockeys, right? So it's, it's, they're not building their team. They're, they're just mm-hmm. focused on the metrics. They're not, you know, it's not about the people. It's about, you know, the activity and, and unfortunately we're seeing that more and more as we get more and more data available about what's happening in sales. Yeah. It's just this, in some cases, human nature for people to sort of say, well, you know, these are the things I can easily grasp onto the metrics, the KPIs, but yeah, that doesn't build the team. Well, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, this notion that salespeople are coin operated. If they're coin operated, Actually, you don't have to worry about the person. Just give them the metrics. Mm-hmm. Do the dials. I, it, it just it strips out that human element. And again, it's why I have such a reaction to it. It has to be the metrics. I'm big on metrics. So I always think metrics are important. But they're not the only thing that's important. If you don't have the team and the person and the individual and the motivation and the challenge and the growth and who they are, I don't think the metrics matter. Because I think eventually that person is going to feel ultimately like a tool. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's, I, I'm, I don't, I'm not, I don't want to work for someone or a company that, 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 that treats me like a tool. Yeah, I agree. And I think That's, it's going to be a topic for a future episode is, is to this whole topic about as even more technology comes into sales, you know, AI, machine learning, you know, 
chatbots, so on, so on, and so forth, is preserving the humanity in sales and how how you do that. Because that's really for you know people at the beginning stages of their career. If I were them, I'd be thinking about, okay, wow, what is my future in this business with with all this technology coming up? And yeah, I think there are certain personality traits to sort of circle back to how we started the show that are really going to determine whether someone's going to be able to survive and thrive in that environment where, yeah, there is more technology. How it's used is, you know, the predictions people are making are always going to be wrong. We know that. But there will be a huge impact. But I think the role of the person becomes even more well-defined in that environment because it's still, you need a person to talk to a person. And and I, I want individuals, I want them to thrive, not just survive. Survival isn't enough. No, no. I mean, you and I both know that, that there are very few people that have long careers in sales that are just surviving. Yeah, that's right. So, all right, Bridget, we're off time for this As episode. As always, yes. Andy, have a great, and, and audience, have a great rest of the day right. and weekend. Yeah, have a great weekend. And it's summertime, so hopefully lots of great family activities uh, on tap, long bike rides. Go out and enjoy yourself. Take a weekend off, actually, if you can do that. You know, don't spend the whole weekend working, because I know. Absolutely should. not. Yeah. And um, we'll talk to you next week. All right. Take care. And friends, as always, thank you for joining us. Until next week. 